G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good to catch up with Ashley Saunders from Family Voice Australia. Ashley back with us. Hi Ashley, welcome to 2020. It's good to be with you Neil and good morning to your listeners. Ashley, it's just starting to settle in how significant it is that three quarters of all Australians have already put their vote in. Still a quarter, though, outstanding. And still, as time gets short, uh, pressure on those one in four to actually cast their vote. Well, it's been a very good turnout in many ways. And yet we know that of those who have not yet voted, that many of those, uh, if they can be persuaded to vote would vote no because uh, they're coming aware of the consequences. And so uh, what we really need to do over the next week is to redouble our efforts to make sure that as many people as possible uh, are aware of the the terrible consequences and are persuaded to get involved and to vote no. Clearly, there are some people, Ashley, who are not taking things so seriously. Uh, Reports overnight of the Australian Bureau of Statistics uh, receiving all sorts of bits and pieces in the mail, things like razor blades and, uh, as people were threatening earlier on, putting glitter in envelopes and such things. I imagine those people have wasted the opportunity to have their vote and really in a protest way have done things that uh, that are perhaps uh, designed to get under people's skin, but really they do themselves a disservice. They do do themselves a disservice, but we also need to remember that what they do is they risk harm, especially where the razor blades are concerned. They risk harm to the people from the Bureau of Statistics who are simply going about their ordinary job. And one of the things that uh, I believe is very important is the idea that we need to ensure that workplaces are as safe as possible. And so there are really those two things. On the one hand, those who have been involved in doing um, such things are wasting their vote uh, are not participating in something that uh, is vitally important to our country and some of those people are at the same time risking uh, the health of uh, people working at the Bureau of Statistics. Ashley, there are stories that continue to come up from other nations around the world where they have gone ahead of this region around our nation and uh, and they've changed the marriage laws uh, you've been following along some things out of the united states what's the latest from there well, well there's a, a situation that comes out of oklahoma where the highly explicit sex education classes being delivered to 12 year old kids uh, it's just amazing i i am not comfortable to talk about the detail on on air with you today um, I, I wouldn't be comfortable talking to many adults in most contexts about the detail of this sexually explicit um, sex education material and yet it's being exposed to 12-year-olds and so there are stories from Oklahoma about one 12-year-old girl who was just left in tears um, with the explicit nature of this uh, material and the worksheet that uh, she and her classmates, um, a co-educational class, were uh, 
asked and required to complete. Uh, there's a boy uh, from Oklahoma who basically says, again, a 12-year-old boy, instead of telling us these are things that you need to be careful about and stay away from until your mind and your body is older, uh, he says it's basically instead of doing that, they're giving me a roadmap telling me how to do it. And uh, it really is amazing that children are being exposed at such a young age to highly explicit uh, sexual material. And actually, that's a little bit reminiscent when you talk about just how interesting and difficult it would be to talk about some of the explicit nature of what children are being taught. Uh, it's almost it's almost uh, humorous to think that uh, the latest ad for the Coalition for Marriage that's gone to air this week on Australian television sets has got an MA rating because it actually quotes some of the things that are being taught to children. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's crazy. That one, Neil, is that the the people who are responding to the criticism are saying, well, of course um, it shouldn't be shown um, during the daytime because there are very, very young people watching. But what they're overlooking is that to get an M or an MA rating means that it's not suitable for people who are under 15. And yet it relates to material that's being taught to people who are 11, 12 and 13. Yes, it's a contradiction, isn't it? Let's come back to the United States, because there are some critics there in the US that are calling the Supreme Court decision there that changed their marriage law the worst decision of all time. And the comparison goes to a decision that was made in 1857, which the Supreme Court made at that point to uphold slavery. Someone is calling a spade a spade here. His name is Roy Moore. Are you across that story? Uh, yes, I am. And perhaps it's best to frame our discussion on this by saying that um, slavery, human slavery, is never justifiable. And uh, any actions to support human slavery uh, or any judicial decision, decision rather to say that it's okay uh, is very clearly wrong. Uh, slavery is not okay. Um, I guess there are two other things that I would then say. The first is that those who want the change to the marriage laws, uh, those who advocate change, some of them are saying that, um, that, that basically refusing same-sex couples the permission to marry is almost like um, saying that uh, slavery or apartheid is okay. And so it's those who are on the yes side who have first made the link between uh, the issue of same-sex marriage and the issue of slavery. And they would say that, uh, that for, for those who refuse to give same-sex couples the right to marry, that it's just like the worst of apartheid or the worst of slavery. The second thing that I would say is that the decision of the Supreme Court in the United States is rightly to be criticised because uh, what happened was that there were activist judges who read back into the Constitution something that was never intended in the first place. And so that's the real battleground in the United States where activist Supreme Court justices, instead of interpreting the Constitution, they actually make law. And so what, uh, what they did in that decision uh, just a couple of years ago was to say that, that, that you can read into the Constitution um, that 
same-sex marriage is okay. And the people who frame the Constitution would be rolling over in their graves if that was possible, saying, no way in, our, in, in the wildest dreams would we have imagined that. And so, one, they um, found this right that was never there, but secondly, they did it in such a way that it, um, it, it triumphed over the many states in America that were saying, we don't want this. Now, there's a difference between Australia and America um, in this sense, and that is that in America, marriage is a matter for the states, whereas in Australia, in our constitution, under Section 51, marriage was one of the things that back at the time of federation, the states handed over to the federal government. So that's a very important difference. Um, so that in Australia, it is a matter for the federal government. But in America... It remains a matter for the states, and yet the Supreme Court of America has read into the Constitution some right that was never intended, and in doing so have said to those democratically elected governments and parliaments in the states, you've got to do what we say, regardless of what your wish is. And so basically nine men, nine people rather, are creating laws and in fact overturning democracy. Ashley, the polls are indicating that a yes vote is likely to win the plebiscite. Not everyone has confidence that will happen. There's some expectation that as things went with Trump in the US, as things went with Brexit, that that may happen in Australia. But if those polls are right, the yes vote is headed for a victory and people are talking about 60% to yes and there are those who are turning their thoughts to the consequences of if the yes vote wins. Some churches, small businesses, thinking about how they'll adjust. If the yes vote wins, what are your thoughts on the sorts of adjustments that would need to be made by way of the church and by small business? Before I answer that question, Neil, uh I would frame it again in this way of saying there still is another two weeks to go. There's still another week or so left for people to, to, to put in their, their ballots, to mail them and to know that they're with the ABS in time. And so uh, I'm certainly not conceding that the yes uh, case will win. But if the yes case were to win, and this is something that anybody who's listening who hasn't voted yet should take into account and that is that there are significant consequences to our freedoms. Now, at the shopping centre down the road from where I live, uh, there's an Islamic fellow who's got a small goods, um, hot food and uh, sandwich shop. Now, he doesn't sell any ham or other pig products. And I don't know a single person who would say, just a minute, how dare you not serve me pig products? And yet when it comes to... Christians living out their faith in public, um, the increasingly prevailing view is uh, your conscientiously held beliefs don't matter. It's okay for an Islamic person to serve or not to serve according to his or her conscience, and I'm not saying they shouldn't do that, and uh, I don't know anybody who says they shouldn't do that, but somehow or other there's different rules for Christianity, and there's different rules for us living out uh, our faith in community and so as we see from overseas examples um, in uh, US and UK in particular there really are serious implications for how Christians live out their faith in the new world when marriage is redefined. 
And as you say, Ashley Saunders, there's still a week or two to go before these sorts of discussions need to be had, although there are those who are talking about the consequences to churches and to small businesses now. Churches will be taking very seriously the way that they do marriage and that they uh, conduct themselves with the sorts of things that they would teach even outside their four walls. Uh, There are major consequences for churches, and as I often have said, Uh, It's not so much the pastor or the priest who'll be in the firing line, but ordinary people who are a part of the church, who work for an employer, who have their own businesses. These people are going to be the ones who are going to need to think through consequences. Uh, Without a doubt. And uh, and there is a sense in which um, a number, if not many, of uh, churches would also be affected because for those churches who make their facilities available for hire uh, to the public... um, you know, will there be protections to ensure that those churches aren't forced to make their facilities available for a wedding breakfast for a same-sex marriage? The only protections that uh, have been discussed, the only protections in the Dean Smith Bill that Labor has now um, endorsed to say when there's a yes vote, that's the bill that we'll support, uh, the only protection that that builds into the legislation is the protection from the individual priest, minister or pastor who does the ceremony. Beyond that, there are no freedoms protected at all. Well, Ashley Saunders, there's certainly lots to talk about even in these coming weeks. The encouragement to people is to get your vote in while you're still able over this next couple of weeks. The actual announcement of the postal plebiscite survey won't be until the 15th of November, but all the votes need to be in by the 7th. Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, point people to the Family Voice Australia website and also to the Coalition for Marriage website. Simply Google Coalition for Marriage. Ashley, thanks so much for updating us today on these issues on 2020. Uh, Good morning, Neil. It's been great to be with you again. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.